Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Your word uh, says that the flowers, uh, they, they shrivel up and the grass, it fades. But the word of the Lord, it stands forever. Father, give us eyes to see this morning. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to respond to your word so that we might see Jesus. Because if we see Jesus, everything else changes. We pray it in his name. Amen. All right, good morning. Again, it is so good to be with you this morning. I want to let you know right up front that we have history. We got history. In fact, uh, in uh, my graduating class of high school, the ceremony was held in this building. Okay? Looks a little different now. Looks a little different. But it was held here. And when I was in eighth grade, I played on the basketball team. Uh, I was in the starting five, so you know that. Uh, But we played for the city champs in your gym. In your gym. And we lost by one last second shot. Yeah, I'm not bitter. (laughs) My counselor says, though, it's helpful to talk about it. So I figured I'd talk about it with you. Thank you for listening. Uh, But yeah, just so good to be here with you this morning. And what what we've been talking about for the last couple weeks is this idea of what it means to leave a legacy. Now, I think word got out that I'm a long-winded preacher. And so they said that they gave me a clock to look at in the back. (laughs) That's a countdown for how much time that I have, you know, so I won't try to disappoint this morning. But there's this countdown. And I thought as I thought about the countdown, I thought, what if that was my life? What if 23 minutes from now, I'm done what, what would happen if when that clock is up, we walk out, and some of us, it's the end of the road. What will we leave behind? What will we be known for? What kind of legacy will we leave behind? What kind of words and blessings and actions? What kind of things will we leave that will bless others and honor Jesus. And it's not a matter of whether you're going to leave something. You are. It's a matter of what. And, and last Sunday, Pastor Matt used a phrase that I like to build off today. Um, and, and he used this phrase as he was teaching about legacy. What it means to leave a legacy. And he used these words, which I think were brilliant. He says, He says, what you grasp is what you give. What you grasp onto is what you actually give. And and he talked about how when we're very, when we're born, we're born grasping to a, a mother's finger or a father's finger. And as you grow older, that grasping doesn't go away. In fact, it intensifies. <laughs> and He taught on what we grasp is actually what we give. Now, for this morning's sake, I'd like to tweak that. I'd like to borrow that because that's what pastors do. We just borrow and tweak. Okay, we just borrow and tweak. So I just like to to borrow that and tweak it just a little bit. And kind of here's where I I, want to think about this morning. What you grasp is what you live. And what you live is what you're ultimately going to leave. 
Let me say it again this morning. What you grasp is what you live, and what you live is what you leave. I'd like for you to ponder that this morning. As we think about the words that Jesus taught in this parable. See, parables were really just stories that Jesus used. It was his way of moving from the temple and the synagogue and the way he taught there that he understood there was a different crowd when he would go out into the regions. And so he would teach illustrations. He would teach kingdom thoughts and biblical truths on who God was and what the kingdom of God was like and who he was. And he would use these amazing stories so that people, one, could grasp on to what was being said, but also that it would have sticking power. So, for instance, with the parable of the sower, Jesus' intention was that when people were out sowing seed and farming, that these words would come to life. And they would be reminded of what Jesus was trying to say. Now, to be fair this morning, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to fit in the time all the nuances of the parable. I mean, it's like five sermons. And I think some of you have probably have lunch plans, right? I do. So you have to preach to yourself. But, but yeah, there's no way that I could, I could give all the nuances to this. But this morning, I'd like for you to think about in terms of leaving a legacy. And what you have to understand this morning is that Jesus' priority was always the heart of people. See, the heart of the matter was the heart for Jesus. Jesus was not concerned with filling seats. He was concerned with filling hearts. This is what his desire was. And in the parable, he gives this picture of four different kinds of hearts or four different kinds of soil. And so just for our sake of time, I did all the work for you. <laughs> so I'm going to break some of this down for you, okay? Just these four soils. You're welcome. All right? So let, let's take a look at this. Here's the first one. And you're going to see how uh, the verses match up with his explanation. So, so the first kind of soil or heart is the bird peck soil. And that's with verse 4. And Jesus actually explains it in verse 19, so they go together. So the first heart is hard. It's trampled underfoot. Therefore, the word or the message doesn't sink in. And that's why it's easy for the evil one to come and just pick it. That's the first one. The second one is the combination of verse 5 and verse 20. It's the rocky soil. It's the the heart that's rocky and unable to be tilled. It receives the word with joy and excitement. But there's no root. It doesn't go deep. So when hard times come and confusion happens and tribulations and persecutions start to take place, it falls away. Number three, the thorny soil, verse 7 and verse 22. This is the one who hears the word, but the thorns, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, there is undoing. 
They choked the word right out of them. And then finally, the good soil compared with verse 8 and verse 23. This heart hears the word. It sends root. It goes deep. It's bountiful. The plant grows. It actually produces fruit according to Jesus. It produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times when it is sown. So those are, those are the, the four hearts, those are the four soils. Now, let me tell you, because I'm a preacher, man, let me tell you where it goes from here. Because <laughs> I know, I've actually preached these, okay? Let me tell you where it goes from here. You get questions like this, which soil are you? Right? I mean, you've heard these sermons, right? Which soil are you? And then it's a deep dive into, well, how to be good soil, be better soil. Or how about this one? Take care how you listen. It matters how you listen. Listen, that's not illegal. In fact, Jesus says, let him who has ears hear. I mean, it was a mic drop that Jesus did. So that's not illegal to preach that. Or how about this? How about this one? How's your sewing game? <laughs> that's another great sermon. How many seeds have you scattered out? How many people have you talked to, to about Jesus? How many people have you shared your faith with? And if you're not sowing, you better get busy sowing. Now, again, not illegal. Here's my favorite one. How's your fruit? <laughs> I like that one. How much fruit you have? Are you bearing any fruit? And listen, if you're not bearing any fruit, I am here to tell you, you better get busy bearing now, again, man, nothing illegal with those. I've preached them myself. God have mercy on me. But, but I think there's something. In fact, it's in Jesus not explaining that I think we find the key when we think about legacy, when we think about leaving blessing behind, when we think about what we're going to leave behind when we're done. And I think it's centered around this question. I don't, I don't, it's kind of implied. It's like Jesus wants us to kind of dig for it. It's this question, who's the farmer? Who, who's the one sowing seed here? Now, can you imagine the disciples? I mean, they're good disciples. So they're, they're sitting down, they're taking notes, right? They're fearlessly, when, as Jesus is explaining, they're fearlessly trying to match everything because they're good disciples and they're still trying to figure out who's the greatest. Who's the greatest among us? So can you imagine them? They're, they're guarding their answers, right? Because they, they don't want anybody to cheat off the answer. And, and they're just going one at a time, right? Okay, the seed, okay, the seed is the message of the kingdom, check. Okay, the soil are people, it's their hearts, check. And then there's like four types of soils, okay, check. And then there's the bird, and the bird is the devil, which makes sense because Jesus showed us that movie called The Birds, and surely they're the devil, Right? And so there, then there's the weeds and, you know, there's some choking that happens, which seems a little disturbing, but oh well. And check, we got that. And then there's the good soil. Oh, that must be us. Check. But, but, but the thing is, is who's the farmer? Can you imagine them being so, so into taking notes and matching everything up? They start to look, who, who, who's the farmer? Who's the sower? Who's the, and then they look up at Jesus. Oh, 
You're so sneaky, Jesus. Wait a minute. You're the, you're the, you're the farmer? You're the sower? No, it can't be. Because listen, if Jesus is the farmer who's sowing, he's a terrible farmer. <laughs> listen, Jesus didn't get invited to any farming conventions. Because the way that he sows seed is so different. It's not precise. See, when Jesus sows seed, he just throws it out there. <laughs> he just throws it out. That's it. See, Jesus sows seed like he fishes. Just throw the net. He doesn't use a lure. He uses a net. And whatever he catches, he catches. See, Jesus, he lavishly, sloppily sowed seed. This is what made it so different to understand that if Jesus is the sower, if Jesus is the farmer, the way that he sows seed does not make any sense to us because he's sowing seed on things that may not even produce. Wow. See, what he's doing is he's, he's showing you and me the heart of the Father. See, when we see God as the sower, it's incredibly meaningful. It's wasteful for a farmer to throw seed away on soil that's not going to produce. Listen, but according to Jesus, God doesn't differentiate between worthy and unworthy soil. He throws as much grace, as much love, as much forgiveness as he possibly can. And the soil's condition does not affect the love of the sower. Like your heart should just... The condition of the soil does not affect the love of the sower. And this is how Jesus operated. He healed people who never thanked him. Do you know that? He fed people who just wanted his provision and not him. He helped people who would never follow him. He cared for people that would reject him. He was present for those who when it came down to the wire, they weren't present for him. And in his last breath, you know what he said? Forgive them. See, what he's displaying is the heart of the Father. Jesus introduces the heart of a of a farmer who actually is also a father. And he's a good father. And there's the condition of the soil doesn't seem to bother Jesus. And can we just be honest this morning? There is no good soil. <laughs> in and of yourself, me, in and of myself, 
If I played the video back, if I looked at my own thoughts, if I looked at my own words and my own actions, the truth is there is no good soil. In fact, the only good soil is the soil who admits they're not good. (laughs) And despite not being good soil, there's a father who's like a farmer who sows his undeserving love. His love, his blessing, his provision, his mercy, his grace, his healing, his care, his comfort, his love, and it's all undeserved. That's what makes him a good father and a good farmer. See, when you grasp that, when you grasp that, that Jesus is not concerned with the condition of the soil that he just lavishly and sloppily just cast out his seeds. I'm telling you, when a heart grasps that, something happens in that heart. The best thing I can explain it to you is it's a miracle. It's a miracle. In fact, Mark, the the other gospel writer, when he writes this story, he says that there's an open field and a farmer goes and sows seed. and And then he just goes to bed. And he wakes up in the morning and guess what? He wakes up and they're sprouting everywhere. <laughs> See, when you, you understand and you grasp that God shows his undeserving love regardless of the condition of the soil, what ends up happening is there's the heart that grasps that, God does this miracle, this beautiful miracle where that heart now that is lavishly loved somehow begins to lavishly love. It's just a miracle. It's a complete miracle. It's all the work of God. He's not just the sower, he's the producer. And what a relief that is on anybody this morning. Listen, what a relief that is for anybody this morning who's trying so hard to be good soil. It's a miracle that God can then produce in a heart that's lavishly loved to then produce that in a heart to then lavishly love. And listen, Jesus is okay with just one. See, not only is he not a very good farmer, you know, not only is he, you know, whatever, but he's also not a very good pastor mathematician because he's kind of good with just one because he knows what happens with one. He knows when a heart is lavishly loved by the father, that heart produces a fruit all by God's grace to then lavishly love. So here's what that means. Every kind word you've given, every generous gesture, every act of mercy, every act of justice, every hour spent with the least of these, every act of forgiveness towards your enemy, every act of love towards a spouse, a child, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor, every act of mercy, kindness, understanding, and love is produced by the sower. And what a tremendous weight that is. Off our shoulders, 
that we don't have to be the ones who produce. We only need to receive the undeserved grace of Jesus. You want to know where it starts? Just enjoy the undeserved grace. Just enjoy it. And when you enjoy it, something's going to happen in here and God is going to produce something in here where someone's heart who was lavishly loved now lavishly loves one another. And you know who gets the credit? Not you. Because you're not the hero of the story. God is. God's the hero of the story. God is the hero of your story. God is the hero of my story. God is the hero of the story. And when it's all said and done, it's not that we are leaving a legacy. It's that God is inviting us to be a part of his. He's inviting us to be a part of his so that when the clock I got four minutes left. (laughs) Listen, when the clock, my clock, your clock, it's done. And by the way, it will be done. It will be crystal clear. People won't have to make stuff up at your funeral. It'll be crystal clear. He, she, they lavishly loved because they had been lavishly loved by a really, really, really good father. When your heart grasps that, you won't even have to try to live it. God will produce that in you and it's what you'll leave. Now I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up and I wanna close with this. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, this new... I think it's called a hug sleep. You guys seen this? And I I only bring it up because I know Christmas is coming and my wife's here. I would like that. Um, But but also, when I saw this, I I thought, man, Pastor Matt would really look good in this. He would look good in one of these, right? Now, Now, stay with me. To the natural eye, that looks like a lazy legacy. (laughs) Doesn't it? Like, where's all the awards? Where's the income? Where's all the awesome gestures? Where's all the plaques on the wall? I mean, to the natural eye, that looks like a lazy legacy. But when you see with kingdom eyes, watch, listen, listen. When you see with kingdom eyes, what you'll recognize is that's actually how God produces fruit. Just resting and wrapped in undeserved, unconditional love. And when you live that, he'll produce something in you that you'll leave. And he'll get all the honor. And he'll get all the praise. I'm telling you, undeserved, unconditional love. That's all. That's the only requirement today to receive. It's free. The condition of the soil, it doesn't bother Jesus. Now let's, let's bow our heads this morning and 
if you would close your eyes, uh, nothing weird is going to happen. I'm not going to swing a coat at you or anything like that, okay? Nobody's going to lay hands on or anything like that. Just, this is just a really good way to like, let it be reflective. I'm going to have you guys. And I want you to think about this morning because this is the blessing God is giving us to leave behind. It's the next generation, the third and fourth generation, knowing we were absolutely unconditionally loved. Now, I say that because I have a sneaky suspicion this morning that there's some soil in the room who's really tired because you keep trying to be good soil. I have a sneaky suspicion, because I've done this long enough, that there's somebody in this room and you're tired because you keep comparing yourself with other people's soil and your soil doesn't look like theirs and you're tired. I have a sneaky suspicion there's someone in this room and you're living in extreme shame this morning because you feel like you jump from one soil to the other and people, you feel like people, all all they say to you is they'll never get their act together. I feel, I have a sneaky suspicion this morning that there's somebody in this room and your heart's hard and you have a lot of reasons why you, you want to reject God and I'm just here to tell you this morning and it may be the only reason why I'm here this morning is to tell you this morning your rejection of him does not stop his love for you. He's going to keep coming. He's going to keep coming. He's going to keep coming because he's a good father. And he wants all his kids back. So this morning, I just want to, here's the only work I want you to do this morning. Just receive. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Just receive. Receive his love. Receive his love this morning. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have enough money in your bank account to get it. It's free. Just receive his love this morning. Receive his love. He's not worried about your past. He's not worried about your mistakes. Just receive it. He's a good father. Receive it. It's free. Stop playing the video back. He doesn't look at it. Just receive. Just receive it. His love, his mercy, his kindness, his blessing. Just receive it this morning. Receive it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to beat yourself up anymore. Just receive it. He's good. Receive it. His love, receive it. In Jesus' name.